Welcome to the Right to Reason podcast. I am your host, Robert Stanley. I recently was a guest on Left at the Valley 2.0. I don't typically share my guest appearances on other podcasts, but I really enjoyed listening to this one. The audio is a little clippy, but it's a fun discussion that begins with a light philosophy overview and ends with a debate on religious liberty that just happened organically. I think you'll like it. It's the Right to Reason podcast. Listen, this is what you hear it. Listen. X go give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock knock. Open up the door and spread. This episode of the Right to Reason podcast is brought to you by our patrons and contributors like me. We have all recognized the value of the unrestrained marketplace of ideas and have decided to make a difference. You can make a difference too. Contribute at patreon.com forward slash right and learn more about your right to reason at the right to reason.com. Your activism is appreciated. All right, our next guest is a friend of the show. He is the host of the Right to Reason podcast. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer, Robert Stanley. Welcome back to Left of the Valley 2.0. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Okay, perfect. We'll give you the 50 bucks as we promised you. Right. <laughs> Didn't you used to have, uh, like an applause sound effect when you bring me in? Yes, but I bring that. I put that in post. Thank you, Robert, oh. for just ruining wow. the show here all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin the fucking illusion, dude. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Now they all know we're not in front of a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, this isn't live? <laughs> they also know the show is not scripted now, too. <laughs> Very true. Do you still do the bell? And, yep. and of course, of course. Nothing's changed in that sense, right? I still do the bell. I still do the bell. I one of those earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anytime someone says something racist, Kevin would open the bell. Okay, hold on. What the fuck was my bell for that earlier? <laughs> I you, didn't know, you didn't know the original LATV was really racist. Oh, it totally was. <laughs> well, I have only listened to like one episode. So. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it was real low key. Like Kevin would say things like, uh, "You know, we want a secular world free of darkness." And you're like, think about it for a second. Like, Wait a <laughs> What did he mean by that? Uh, we, we, we like to move everybody towards the light, the lighter skin. I mean, light. That's just so not you. That's like Star Wars, Star Wars, Loki, racist. Just saying. Really? Okay. Really? How dark so? side? Uh, well, dark side? You kidding me? No. Okay. That's... <laughs> well, we always say welcome to the dark side. We have cookies. I was just going to say. I think uh, Doctor Seuss was a little because oh, yes. Jews and Jews sound way too similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a bit far fetched, but mm. you know, we just did have that, that's solid. that thing we talked I feel like about. That's solid, yeah. right there. The, yeah. the hoochie? Solid epistemology. <laughs> and think about it. Think about it. The, the episode about, or, or I mean, the episode, the book about uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. right? It was Auntie Who's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was the actual, he was Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they didn't murder him. <laughs> <laughs> they had to hang him on the Christmas tree. Okay, the comments of Robert and uh, Robert and Brent and Sabrina at this point too are not necessarily those of Left of the Valley. Hey, no. <laughs> Don't get me and Robert in the same room. You're gonna have to. There's gonna be some Holocaust topics brought up. <laughs> Robert, thank you so much for joining us on the show. That was great. <laughs> Great intro. Great intro. Oh my god, I've it's missed not, you. I've missed you, brother. I've missed you. 
So maybe you'll be so kind to, for those people that might not know you, the three or four of them that know listen to your show by now, to maybe explain who you are. Uh, so who I am is just some dude in Texas with a family who, who just uh, works for a pharmaceutical company. I'm a quality engineer, and I uh, uh, just finished my political science bachelor's. And Congratulations. Justice master's, and uh, I plan to keep going after that. I, I want to teach one day. I want to be in politics. I want to do something to make a difference. But um, what I do on the side, and I really really just enjoy it as a hobby, uh, is the Right to Reason podcast that you can find at therighttoreason.com. Mm-hmm. So the, the Right to Reason, is uh, for people that don't know, is a highly, highly recommended podcast. Actually, you cracked like one of the top ten atheist shows in the U.S., didn't you? Uh, yeah, according to one magazine. Hey, hey that's <laughs> that's more than us. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was uh, really humbled by that. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about philosophy, and you've studied philosophy uh, like 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 for real. <laughs> so yeah. I thought maybe you'd be able to take us through what is philosophy? Why 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 would you want to study philosophy to begin with? Yeah, you never liked it, did you, Kev? Oh, you know what? I wouldn't say well, I don't like it. Like I that. have a hard time understanding it because I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> you're, you're a nerd. You're a science nerd. I you don't appreciate the humanities, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't, I mean, think about this. You wouldn't have science without philosophy, right? The whole Enlightenment movement kind of came out of philosophy, right? The whole science movement came out of philosophy. So It came out of philosophy, but can we see can we see that science never would have occurred without philosophy? Is that something that you really it certainly don't... couldn't have. Really? It certainly Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, it's, an... you have, it's it's thinking about thinking, right? So you got to yeah. think about yeah. your thinking in order to think about how we figure out what the way the world works. Well, so. you know, I, it's obvious I'm going to be devil's <laughs> advocate on this on this side of the show here obviously because I don't know about you, but it seems to me that science was always a question of just answering a question you had. And you don't seem to really need philosophy for that. So why why study philosophy? So you wouldn't have the laws of logic without mm-hmm. philosophy. Okay. And you wouldn't have science without the laws of logic. You wouldn't even like it, it be able to interpret art without philosophy because philosophy study aesthetics. But before philosophy, people were just drawing things on cave walls, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as soon as philosophy enters the human spectrum, um, you see beautiful things like uh, the architecture of Greece or Rome. We didn't even understand beauty, much less science, before we started to have a love for, like Brent said, thinking itself. See, I, I, like I said, forgive me, Robert, I have nothing but respect for you and your study of philosophy, oh. but I have a hard time understanding that. I mean, it seems to me that when you're, you're painting, let's, let's go back to ancient times and you're painting on cave walls and all that. You're telling a story. You're not just, you know, you're telling a story about the, the buffalo you were you were hunting. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. see where the philosophy comes in on this point. But we we weren't able to understand an objective uh, representation of beauty before philosophy approached aesthetics itself and said, "But why why do we find things beautiful? What what is the purpose?" And yes, today we can explain that through evolutionary psychology, but we would have never even got to this point of saying, well, of course we like certain sounds because those are the sounds we evolved with listening to birds chirping or what have you, mm-hmm. or the, the beauty of a, a sunset over an ocean horizon. Uh, we know that those are things we like, but we don't know why mm-hmm. until psychology came around. And we wouldn't have psychology without philosophy. So, so I don't know. I, 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 I have to ask oh, you to how about this? How about this? Maybe we could just say that that was first. Mm-hmm. Post hoc or Proctor hoc kind of thing, where you would say, it, it, if you wouldn't say we need a philosophy, you could at least say philosophy preceded 
psychology, physics, all, all these different branches of science, whether soft or hard. Um, On that, I think we absolutely so, agree. Yeah. So, and, I mean, it'd be difficult maybe. to say what, you know, what caused what and why, you know what I mean? Like, and how that, you know, transpired from one thing to yeah, the next. I mean, we, we hear Christians make the argument, well, you needed Christianity to have education because Christianity was the catalyst of educating the public. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily have causal links there. You have correlated links where well, yes. I think with philosophy... It's definitely causal because you can look at the scientific method itself and say, oh, okay, this follows certain rules of logic that philosophy presented the world. If the philosophy hadn't presented the world these rules of logic, we wouldn't have the scientific method. It was inevitable to occur. We were going to figure it out eventually, but we had to go through the filter of philosophy to do it. And, And to anyone that would say, okay, but we did it. It's done. Move on. Well, we haven't answered all the shit yet. There's still lots more shit, and and philosophy's uh, not really addressing quantum physics now, right? Mm-hmm. It's not telling you whether you have cancer. We we have solutions for that that have uh, been much better than just thinking about thinking. But we do have other questions, uh, big ones, really big ones. Uh, do we have free will? Uh, what is consciousness? What is the explanation of love or or music? Where we're going to end up one day? Uh, the future of mankind. These are all things that we still need philosophy to at least give us some understanding of, maybe not give us the answers indicatively, but at least show us the way to get them. Now, Robert, correct me if I'm wrong real quick. Now, I feel like a lot of like why philosophy is so helpful in, to science and things like that was that our our heads were all stuck in these, these gods notions and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so... It was in logic was it's sort of a way to to question your own mind and question your own thinking and go how can I figure out like what I yeah. think is true is actually true and so I think a lot of it was almost having to pull ourselves back from the religion thing in order to get us to be able to recognize the real world the way it is and not have somebody going yeah but that's because of magic so yeah you know, it, it definitely you know. helped us with our skepticism but I think that's where it evolved to with postmodernism. I don't think that's really where it started. And a lot of Christians you ask today will kind of lean toward that uh, Aristotelian virtue ethics, right? Because they say we can't be good in ourself, so you have to look to, this is what Aristotle would say, you have to look to someone that's good and then mimic them. And Christians are like, oh, that's so perfect. They get hard wood for it because they're like, you can look to Jesus. He's perfect. <laughs> the problem right. that Kant pointed out uh, many years later is that if you're not ethical yourself— then how could you judge someone that is ethical? It's, it's the same way, like, you look at somebody like a Trump supporter, and they're like, oh, he's so awesome. And you're like, Trump's a fucking douchebag. How are you fixing <laughs> this? And, like, well, because they're, they're flawed themselves, so they're subject to populism. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what, what Kant presented about Aristotle's philosophy, is that, like, virtue ethics is okay for your infancy in philosophy, which is where a lot of Christians are today. You could add Muslims, Jews to the same thing. The Abrahamic religions, for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, even if they don't look to Christ, they might look to Abraham, they might look to Muhammad, what have you. But if you don't know what good is, so therefore you should represent someone that is good, you wouldn't be able to identify whether they're good. That, that was his major flaw, and that's Christianity's major flaw as well. Hmm. I, 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 I understand what you're saying here. I'm just not exactly sure in my whole well, you, under, you understand the words, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know all those do, words. Do you know them all put together, though? <laughs> I can mute your microphone here. Yes, you can. 
the the problem I, I have here is I although I agree with probably ninety percent of what you said there, the, the problem I'm bumping in here is the causation here. The philosophy mm. caused uh, our, our understanding of, of logic. I think it was probably a, a, an attempt at expo- explaining it. You know, like if you if you observe somebody being doing action A and getting reward B, then it, it goes per se that if you do the same action A, you'll get the same reward B. But I don't think philosophy developed that. I think it was just naturally uh, a, a consequence of observation. So this is... So, so you, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, I, so did Brent, by the way. Brent's taken over this podcast. I'm you really need to rant about I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself on mute. <laughs> Here we go. Actually, I think you two, as a side thing, you two, and, and of course, Sabrina as well, but you two are so, like, when you brought Brent on, I was like, this is perfect. He actually messaged me and said, I'm going to be on the left of the valley. And he was, like, so happy. And I was just like, your humor and Kevin's humor are going to match up so well. And it really does. But anyway, regardless of that. Uh, okay, how can you do science without one, the law of contradiction, two, the law of excluded middle, and three, the principle of identity? Well, or, yeah, but, uh, I would say the first one would be non-contradiction. Well, but but, this, but is, this is what I'm saying. The philosophy didn't create the law of contradiction. It was already there. It just kind of it explained. Identified it. It certainly identified it. it yes, that's, it what, I mean, that's so what I mean. It didn't create it, right? Thanks to Aristotle. But yeah, it, it, it's basically just you can't be you and not you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, like you couldn't have science without that. Okay, okay, I can understand that, and uh, you know, it's it's a bit like we say, you know, religion was our first attempt at, at, at trying to explain the world, and maybe philosophy was our second attempt at trying to explain uh, the, the the world and the laws of physics around us. And I can totally understand that. I totally go with that. In, in the area of ethics, we wouldn't be able to make the arguments about how to use science today, right? I mean, Hume argued uh, you can't get uh, ought out of an is, but. We do. We do get oughts out of is because philosophy preceded science. Mm-hmm. So you can say science can tell you that battery acid's bad for you and that orange juice is good for you. But since philosophy preceded it, we were able to say you shouldn't give someone battery acid as opposed to orange juice. So we, we would have never understood how to utilize the benefits of science without preceding an is with an ought. Okay. Okay. So essentially, it just helped us expand empathy in our understanding of the laws of physics well maybe not empathy but at least how to translate your empathy properly so you could say i, I feel really bad about lying and kant who, who we were just talking about argued against aristotle's virtue ethics he promoted uh deontology right mm-hmm. so his his whole thing was uh you should always do the right thing no matter what and you would say well that makes sense i then i'll just never lie and then you you know you do what Locke came around and said hey what about uh, when lying might be good? Uh, Mill really touched on this as well. Yeah. Where he's, you know, if, if you have, uh, he didn't use this analogy, but but it's appropriate today. Speaking of Jews and who's. <laughs> the, the old Nazi yeah. example of you hiding, yeah. hiding Jews in your right, basement until right. you lie. Or, yeah. And they say, do you have Jews in the attics? Obviously, lying would be the right thing to do in that situation. So that, that kind of gives us a little bit of an insight into consequences. Consequential. Oh, okay. Consequential. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you do. You do something because it's the, the consequences are what are significant to it. Mm. Not necessarily uh, the act itself is good or bad, but the act itself is defined by the results of the act. But the results of the act are always in the light of us as a species, right? I mean, I think I think if we, if human species wasn't a social species, we would have a very different philosophy as it is. I mean, but but that that doesn't determine what's 
good or bad or true or false. That just determines how we interpret it, I think. So, yeah, we're, we evolved to feel like altruism is a good thing. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is, but we certainly can use altruism to find out that helping others tends to be uh, more favorable consequentially. Right? Because so, we're a social species. If we were, if we were, like, so for example, we're a, a hybrid species of men tigers, which are uh, they're a solitary creature. Therefore, altruism would just be wasting your resources and energy. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be something that'd be viewed as good. Right, but those are the things that we societally uh, remove. We filter them out over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue evolutionarily rape is natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's completely natural to want to rape someone. Uh, that doesn't, of course, mean it's good. And we we push those things out. They, they get filtered out mm-hmm. through society because of ethics. But the things that do seem to be natural, I mean, you look at something that has large eyes that are wide apart and a big forehead, you feel like it's cute. That might apply to dogs, and that's why... Uh, we're one of the reasons that we, we are, are so closely tied to animals like dogs, but it also applies to babies. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't mean that looking cute, therefore, led to our ethics, but it helped us get to being kind to babies and animals a little bit faster. Being kind to infants of any kind of you know species, it helped us get there a little quicker. If it hadn't have been successful in our evolutionary process, society would have corrected it. Mm-hmm. And the only way it could have is via ethics, and therefore via philosophy. Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, so when we're looking at philosophy today, and of course in the context of us being atheists, do you think that philosophy is becoming a bit of, of a crutch for theists? You know, especially when they're trying to, because they don't really have any evidence for their claims. Oh, my God. I had um, uh, Inspiring Philosophy is the name of his channel. Mm-hmm. And he came on, and he, he argued the, the entire episode, he argued that quantum physics is random, and consciousness is fundamental. So therefore, matter is a result of consciousness, a form of idealism and panpsychism. Okay. And everything is rooted in quantum physics and therefore God and Jesus. And I'm with you 100%. It's, it's so frustrating because the, the philosophy is getting so, so just random and elusive that religious people are starting to pick it up. But they only read like, you know, Christianity Today, the comments on it. You know, like they're not actually looking at the science of it no so it's almost, think, yeah, it's almost like they take, they'd like to take refuge, <laughs> they'd like to take refuge in semantics <laughs> and then they start calling it philosophy yeah exactly exactly i just had a episode it was called um, objective morality debate mm. and it was this dude named elmo who's got his own podcast called elmo's world yes. really nice kid and we talked about whether or not we have free will because that's kind of where the conversation goes when you talk about objective morality and every single thing he offered as a rebuttal to determinism was a fatalistic argument. So he'd say, oh, so you don't have free will, so therefore everything was just always going to happen no matter what. And I'm thinking, well, maybe. It seems pretty reasonable, but I can't, I can't defend that. You know, in the same way, like, I can't prove there's no God. You know, I can't, I can't prove that fatalism is true, but you're, rebuttal, you're, you're, you're rebuting fatalism, you're not rebuting mm-hmm. re- rebutting right. determinism. And and I got another debate coming up with uh, Eric Hernandez on the Gospel Truth here at mm. the end of the month on the 27th. He's going to do the same thing. And it's like that's, that's all they have is, like you said, semantics. But they use semantics to try to make you look bad, to try to yeah. make your argument look bad. Usually it's just conflationism, where you, you'll make an argument and say, well, I, th- I think A and B, and they'll say, well, B could be 
something else. And then they'll they'll argue that something else against your argument where that was never your intention. It's it's just basically a, another form of straw manning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And then they'll, they'll add probabilities into that, and all of a sudden it becomes very <laughs> nebulous at, at best. You know, one of my favorite episodes was with uh, you and Brent's favorite favorite person, Kelly Clemenson. Oh, uh, God. Wait, what, was that you? Was that you and Kelly that did the uh, the historicity of Christ, or was that you and somebody else? I remember you did one. Well, we, we did a lot of Kelly. His... I don't know if that one was Kelly. It might have been. Fitzgerald did Kelly. That was the funniest one because he kept getting mad and saying, "Stop interrupting me!" And David Fitzgerald just kept interrupting him, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what he said, he was be like, "That's wrong. Nope. Don't believe that, people." Yeah, I got <laughs> him on my channel, and that's like all he wants to do is interrupt and then not make sense when he's talking, but like want to not make sense even more. You yeah, know? He gish gallops. He totally gish gallops. <sighs> um, I, remember, I remember Kevin came on and did a historicity one. I, I thought that yeah, was, I did, I did that was a, a good episode. debate with, I can't, forget, I can't remember who it was. And one of my points was basically, you know, he, of course he was quoting Jesus and all that. And one of my points was, well, if Jesus is there, how come we don't have any relics whatsoever? I even went to, he's yes. a carpenter, how come we don't have a carpenter table from him or anything like that? Or even, or even or co- correspondence between just people at the time. Yeah, there exactly. were no, co- yeah. like, just, like, that's, that's what historians look to a lot of times, is just correspondence between people. Like, hey, can we pick? Can you pick up the stuff? Make sure that you don't, you know. Make sure to go around the, you know, Jesus healing everybody at that spot, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, just like talking to each other. He, you know? he was and, completely taken aback by the the artifact angle. He had never heard that, and I thought, you know, you think you think your 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 Lord and, and God here is a, is a carpenter. You think anything he's touched during his carpentry days, it'd be like gold. You know, it's 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 worth. You know, be passing that out. So this is a table that Jesus made for Christ's sake. Everybody would. Want want a piece of that mm-hmm. right <laughs> but no they, they've yeah. got absolutely nothing, nothing right <laughs> of course no not. evidence <laughs> and it's even worse because you even have some uh, some other uh, divine beings like somebody like hercules we actually know hercules shoe size now, i don't have it here with me but we actually know apparently what shoe size he had mm-hmm. because there was an actual measurement of the the the, the first uh, uh the first tracks in in the olympics were actually measured around his foot you know with so many times his foot so we actually know what size of shoe or what size of foot he had but we have we don't we don't even have a basic description of what jesus looked like it's like there's something odd here right <laughs> you have a fictional character can you, can you at least accept because uh, i'm not really a mythicist like you but can you at least accept that the stories are probably true, but they're probably just an amalgam of lots of people at the time. Oh, I, be- I, I think that's a very that's, good possibility. I think that's a that's, very, very yeah, good possibility. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. Yeah. yeah. I think because the Chosen One uh, cult thing was just a super popular thing at the time. Yes, you know? yes. And it's that, still a popular thing. Darth Vader, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, every, there's a Chosen One. <laughs> the like, Chosen it's just One, right? still, it's, going, it's just a human thing, I think. I don't know. There, there is. I, I think it, it speaks uh, it speaks loudly to our, our need for a hero, mm-hmm. our need for, you know, somebody to come and save us somehow for anything, whether it's Neo in the Matrix or Jesus in Nazareth. You know, it's... it's Spider-Man. Or Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He's the best. I like Spider-Man. He's the best. <laughs> anyway, going back to philosophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Uh, do you think philosophy? I know it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, question to ask you, but do you think philosophy is becoming a bit outdated in the scientific world that we have today? No, no we we still we're still dealing with philosophical concepts today that are impacting us. Like um, you can actually make an argument against liberals themselves. Oh, with uh, with philosophy with with the the tenets of uh, the Enlightenment. You can make arguments against conservatives with the same thing. 
whereas you would say, uh, here's here's one that they both screw up with. Okay, pluralism. Society should have multiple views. So you look at a lot of the censorship that's going on within the far left today. They're saying we should have multiple views, but only a select group. And I know Brent is about to choke me out. I know this is one of his, this is one of his wheelhouses. So, but, but the same thing with conservatives, where they don't think that we should have multiple views. They think we should have conservative views, which, what are the conservative views? Well, it's a very small group of European males mm-hmm. that, that these views come from. The other five remaining five tenets were rationalism. The world can be comprehended via reason. Mm-hmm. We would all agree with that as secularists. Uh, meliorism, things can be better. That's another one conservatives don't like. They're, they're, they're always saying, uh, we got to get back to the way things were. Things are getting worse, but we all know that's well, no, not that's true. true. Yeah. They're clearly yeah. getting yeah. better. Um, <laughs> autonomous individualism, people have their own wills, their own agendas, right? That's what makes us individuals. That's that's one you're not going to hear represented on the left. And all fairness, we're all liberals here, but let's be honest, we really don't pr- promote uh, rugged individualism that much. Should now, we? one thing that we do, I think we should. Why? But the way that, that we present it is through individuality, and I think that's that's good. But individualism is important because that makes us look at personal responsibility. Well, yeah, um, but we're a social species. Why would rugged individualism actually be that important? Because if each person doesn't uh, take accountability for their own actions, then we all fail together. Yeah, well, okay, well, uh, we're going to delve into politics here because isn't that the exact same concept, rugged individualism, that kind of holds a country like the U.S. from getting things like universal health care? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so is, is it really that much of a, a thing you want? I'm not so sure it is. Well, it's good in the same way that, you know, a little bit of sugar is not bad for you. A little bit of salt may make the food better, but you dump a whole bunch of salt on it. So so America has hyperbolized individualism to the agree. degree that they're now using it against their citizenry for the sake of corporations that lobby our government. In the same way, like, we, we would say democracy is good, but absolute democracy would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Absolute democracy would, would mean that majority rules. Uh, what happens to your minorities then? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah it, it, individualism is an important part of the Enlightenment, but taken in hyperbole, it's it's definitely been a destructive force in America. But that doesn't mean we should abandon it, right? There, there, there are conservative values that we should still hold to. That's what got us here. And whatever works, we should still keep using it. This is, once again, my opinion. But it's also the, uh, the opinion of the Enlightenment. In fact, if you look at it, classical liberalism is conservatism, with yeah. some exception. They've ignored some things, like pluralism. Uh, another one is ethical egalitarianism, equal worth. They say that that's what they think, mm-hmm. but then their actions certainly don't apply there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, I would agree, yes. Do you think do you think philosophy has become, or should it be, or has it become, uh, some kind of moral compass for us? I don't think so. I, I can't. I can't see that. No. I mean, you, you get some places. Like, mean, you get some places like Norway, they, where they actually have like a state philosopher, and they they they, they, they actually use him or her to consult when they're about to create laws on ethics and stuff like that. So I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's I kind of like that. I, I think I think I think it's it's because you know it, it's really interesting to actually, actually have somebody like that that becomes a bit like they. The conscience of, of a particular country to say, you know, is this going to be good for our citizens to make this law? It might make, make economic sense, or it might make political sense, or even scientific sense, but is it going to be something our citizens are going to be, it's going to be for the benefit of our citizens? So can philosophy become that kind of moral compass for us? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. I always wanted to have two presidents. 
Mm. Like one, you know, one that actually does the the executive branch right, but then another one that's kind of like the frontal figure, you know, the the media guy. Kind of like Ronald so McDonald. Like, that way, we would be invulnerable to populism. Like I feel like after Trump, we just got to see exactly what our major weaknesses. And if we get somebody in the office that's not just a fucking idiot, <laughs> but can use that populism to, to it, it's the same on the left though. And you know, like. If, if we get somebody on the left that's actually for the problem of the left. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, it's, it's a horseshoe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can go too far right and you can go too far left. Mm-hmm. Too far right, you know, that's fascism. Mm-hmm. Too far left is totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. It's still both forms of authority. Mm-hmm. In order for either side to go too far, you have to start taking away liberty and the rights of the people. So Yeah, I mean, I, it's almost I, like, have you seen, like, that thing? I think it was France that was, like, that had uh, secularism was basically the law, you know, and mm-hmm. so they had all sorts of problems because Muslims, right. you know, were force. being there, and they were they were being like, you can't wear your that on your head because we're secular, we're a secular nation, and it's, so it's like, dude, that that's not cool either. Like you can't you can't go that far with that. That shit, be- the anti anti hijab stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, and it was like, was like hey, yeah, that, you can't that, represent your security. yeah, you can't even tell anybody what your religion is in public kind of thing and then that becomes its own sort of form of authoritarian you know uh, legislation I, I will I will uh, play it's devil's crazy. advocate once more here and uh, throw a throw Kevin a, throw a stick do you have there. the devil on speed dial what is going on <laughs> you gotta advocate for him oh, like, what devil's you advocate <laughs> <laughs> in my in, uh, uh, we've talked about this briefly before but in my home province of Quebec they've passed a law uh, that made uh, the, a lot of people wrote a lot of things about it, be, saying exactly that that you could not wear your hijab or your yakama or your uh, star of David, something like that, during work hours as a government employee. Now, and, and of course, it's supposed to include Christianity as well, right? But of course, some people are, are trying to grandfather exceptions. Is that taking it too far? Yeah, I think so. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like it totally it conned me initially, and this is what I think a lot of the the people on the other side of the fence are doing, and they think they're doing the right thing. They think that what they're saying is their agenda, but really what they're saying is just promoting their agenda, tongue in cheek. And I didn't see it when it was happening, but after nine eleven, I was all about, hey, if these women want to wear hijabs, how are we going to see their face? But here we are, 2021, we've been through a year of corona, everybody's wearing masks and everything's fine. I mean, you yeah. know, it's not great, but, yeah. but, but we're not <laughs> having, like, identity Fast issues. Fast like, word fine, but okay. We're able to function <laughs> as a society with masks. Well, hold on, hold on. The, the, po- the point I was trying to make here was not the, the, the fact of a hiding identity or not there. The, the point was, as a government employee, you're representing a secular government. You can wear your, your, your Yakima, your Star of David, or your, your hijab after work hours, but at work, you're supposed to be yeah. a secular representative of the government. And to be uh, to be the contrarian here, I actually agree with that. I think I think they're actually do- on the mm-hmm. right track on this. Mm-hmm. Although I seem to be the descending opinion here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, then that means that you can be secular and still be religious. No, no, but, uh, so you no, can't say you're an atheist. No, I shouldn't be able to say I'm an atheist. Say atheist. Because uh, you, you have to remember, like, because there's so much fr- friction between uh, diverse religion. For example, if if you're, you're the person that's the clerk is absolutely Muslim. Right, uh, you could totally tell that he or she is completely Muslim, and you're a Jewish person trying to get a government service. Are you going to feel intimidated to go to that agent? No, you because shouldn't. they're a government agent, and they have to this keep their is... religion at the door. Just because they're 
honoring certain parts of their religion doesn't mean they're bringing their religion into but their the, work. But this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying when you go, it's a bit like when you go into a school and you're wearing the school uniform, you know, you're representing the school, you're wearing the uniform. The, as a government employee, I think you should be, a, I think it would be within the right of the employer, which is the government at this point, to, to, to enforce that as well. They're not but stopping then, you from wearing. In our government, for the example, uh, though, the RCMP allow, as a part of the uniform, yes. for Indo-Canadians to wear turbans. Yeah. The, 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 the for which Sikhism. Is, yes, which is religious. Yeah. But and they allow that, and it doesn't affect their, but, their performance as an RCMP officer. No, I, I understand that. But this is this is the decision that what the province of Quebec made. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, know. I don't see it as a negative position. Mm. Be, because it strategically works for your agenda, but yeah. not because you actually right. support it. You're yeah, saying, no. like, yeah, I would give up my right to be a public atheist, even if I was pol- in a political position. Because this is such an attack against religion. But it's not that you actually don't want to... It's not that you would feel that uh, admitting that you're an atheist as a political figure is wrong. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually making an ethical argument. You're just making a strategic argument. Because, yeah, because what would happen is... uh, you know, because you got to remember that the, these religions that these people have, these beliefs that they have, um, they don't stop when you go to work. Mm-mm. So that you would be then. Then that means that people would not be getting those positions on purpose because they're religious, which would give uh, atheists and things like that an unfair advantage. But if, which we would be we would be in favor of. We so would, but I'm not because you know. I, yeah, exactly. For, I, but for for, like, for a bit of, for a bit of context here. Um, in 19, I think it was 1982 or 1987, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled, although there is, in the Constitution, the Canadian Constitution, there is an appeal to a divinity, there is an appeal to the Christian God, the Supreme Court ruled that Canada would rule as a secular country in their, in their decision, in their, in, their, in, their, in their court decision. But we still have freedom of religion. You still have freedom of religion. I understand. So, th- so this is why I'm saying this is the best of both worlds. When you're, as a government employee, during the work hours... You're representing the government. You look secular. After that, put on your job. Put look on your secular. That's the part that I have a problem. But you, you're representing the government, right? It's the same argument that we have all the time with somebody who says, you know. Uh, but you're violating my personal human, basic human right in the process of remaining but secular. In the, no, because you, just and because you look secular, they're not taking a religion away from you. You can still believe it. Doesn't matter. Even in in the world that we're in. Everybody would know that you are whatever religion you are anyway. Yeah. Even though you it don't have the cross around your yeah. neck, that Muslim still knows who you are as yeah. a representative, walks in there and you know sits down in front of you. They'd still have the exact same amount of intimidation. You know, It's just that you can't wear the symbol there. So it's, it's really superfluous. I'm changing my view. I'm with Kevin. No, I, I don't. I, 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 I see your point. Poor but Kevin, I do, we're I all ganging up on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> I don't, it's your I don't, fault, Robert. <laughs> I don't think it's actually. I don't think he is actually saying it because he believes what he's saying, uh, and not not calling you intellectually dishonest. I'm just saying I think you you feel more comfortable with it because the ends would justify the means. I don't think that uh, you actually believe that we shouldn't be able to be ourselves, which would incorporate our culture and our faith, even though we're politicians. I don't think you actually believe it. I just think you like the idea of getting religion out of politics, and I'm with you there. Fuck them. Absolutely. Uh, Me too. Well, maybe so, but but if we we use the example of 
I don't want to pick on Muslims here, but let, let's take a Muslim example again. Oh, please pick on Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> we, we take, for example, a, a, a Muslim cashier at a store, mm-hmm. right? And he, he doesn't want to handle pork, right? And the, the first reaction is, well, then don't work at that place. If your religion is that important that you can't you can't handle that responsibility because it's part of the job, just don't work there. And th- th- I guess this goes back to what you were saying about rugged in- individualism. You know, take some responsibility with it. And wouldn't that a government position be the same? If your religion is so precious to you that you cannot function without your yakama or your your your, your cross of David or whatever halo you need to wear, do uh, you really need to be there? Right. Your your religion is limiting you from participating yes. with the rest of society. Yes. That's not my fault. That's not Kevin's fault. That's your fault. Nor should it be. Right. I mean, that's, at which point, at which point do we come, a position of power, though? At which point do we start accommodating people on on just about every? I mean, I could be a Jedi for Christ's sake, and I can wear my lightsaber. You know, if I'm uh, you know if I'm going to take you to the ridic- <laughs> ridiculous now, you know I'm going to be a government employee, but I need my lightsaber with me. You know, I mean, how ridiculous does this get? <laughs> Don't take it on a first date. <laughs> well, you know, that's a joke. That's fair, right? Uh-huh. Because in that situation, it is contrary to your goal. So maybe Kevin has a point that well, to a degree, coming like, up with some kind of antiquated religious belief that's going to biases your way of going forward politically. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to dress that way. Then you're victim to it also, because anything you say, you're saying it as a person dressed in a hijab or as a person with a cross around my neck. He might have a point. You know, I I went into this disagreeing with him, but I'll just decide I'm kind of leaning his way. I think we got to separate a couple things, because when it comes to, like, police and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and people of, like, authority, if you're talking that level of government, I get it, okay, because – that can not only be used against people, it can also be used against them, right? But yeah. that's, because that's actually what we were specifically they're wearing just talking their, about. Oh, you were talking about police? Well, RCMP here, that's our that's our uh, federal police. I don't know what right? CMP is. I like, know, our <laughs> Royal Canadian, Canadian Mounted, Mounted Police. police. <laughs> <laughs> and here... We don't use acronyms in the I states. I know, right? yeah, no, no, Except USA. FBI, CIA. So for you, because I know you don't know, Brent... Uh, here, the RCMP are, are our federal police. They're actually actually um, allowed to go down to the states and arrest people. They're, I think, one really? of the only police forces that are allowed to go to other countries and arrest people. Well, you know, Mounties, they always get their man. Oh, okay. Anyways, well, okay. Well, I, <laughs> Anyways I yeah, so here, they're allowed to, the Indo-Canadians wear their turbans. And, and I hear what you're saying, that they shouldn't be allowed to, but then the, the reason they're wearing turbans is that they don't cut their hair. So then what? What, what do they do with their hair? Like these are men who have hair down to their feet. Literally, it's so complicated because here's the thing: like that, that those rules would make it so certain people of certain religions couldn't uh, uh, partake in that job, which makes the institution, by definition, anti that specific religion, and therefore, you see what I'm saying? Like it just Mm -hmm. it. yeah, it you gets make, really make, difficult. Yeah. Okay. No, and I agree. Convinced. Good points. I'm off Kevin's team. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right. I'm back. I'm back with the fold. I'm back with the clock. I feel good about the idea. Feel good. When I was on Kevin's team, I felt a little icky. Oh, come on. I'm happy to be back. Oh. Jeez. He's coming off a little racist. <laughs> A little bit. Come on, yeah, always picking on the Muslims. <laughs> well, this show turned into a debate show where we're supposed to talk about philosophy, but you know, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess it proves the point. It proves the point, right? It proves the point that Robert's white philosophy like, is important. Yeah. 
You know how like the in Twilight, like each vampire had like a super power. Superpower. That's Robert's superpower. Is he? He's, he's a he's philosophy like vampire. Jasper he gets us all debating. He's a philosophy <laughs> vampire. Robert's a philosopher. <laughs> only, yeah. only you saw that. I appreciate, it, but only I have no idea what you mean. X Men, give me fucking X Men. You know yeah, X Men. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm just I'm just trying to imagine uh, I'm just trying to imagine Robert going like what the fuck is all I was just they thinking the one like the one vampire Jasper like has the power to calm everybody down and Roberts is the opposite that's all I'm saying you know way too much about Twilight you know way too much about Twilight there Brent <laughs> so Robert going back on philosophy yeah. <laughs> What do you think the future is for philosophy? Do you think there's going to come a time where basically we're going to say, uh, no, 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 it'll always be around. There's always questions we're not going to be able to answer. And even after the automatons replace us, they'll still look back at human philosophy as their guide. Hmm. We'll become the religion of future robots. I like that. All joking aside, I, I can't see it going away. It's, it's fundamental to, to humanity as part of our core. It's basically based on five perspectives. At least this is all up till modernism. After this, you go postmodern, right? Mm -hmm. But basically, egoism, utilitarianism, deontology, virtue ethics, and perfectionism. Uh, so we covered virtue ethics. Uh, that was Aristotle, Plato, Mendes might be added to that. Deontology was Kant, Rawls. You like Rawls. The categorical imperative mm -hmm. that you have to do the right thing. Uh, utilitarianism was the one I was referencing with Mill. What is the utility of what you're doing? Perfectionism is more about species advancement. I think I think that would be where where Kevin might lean to as being right. a, a big fan of science. Nietzsche and Marx push that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Egoism would be a little bit more where maybe I fall in. I really like I like Mill. I, I like utilitarianism, but I kind of fall with egoism where it's more about self development. That's going to be your Nietzsche, your Machiavelli. After that, it it got into postmodernism and everything got crazy, and that's what <laughs> talks about. But he always, he always represents it like it's like this: uh, uh, there is no truth, uh, everything's bullshit, and that's not what it did. It just challenged the truths that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you think about it, we really do think in binary ways. Like, even if I'm not saying there's two chairs in the room, you can say, "Well, that's binary thinking." It's either the red chair or the blue chair. Well, I could even say there's a chair in the room. Well, that's still binary. Mm -hmm. There's either a chair or no chair. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of how we talk about everything. And and when postmodernism came along, it really it really pushed that skepticism that Brent was referring to later uh, or earlier. And I think that, I think it was overall beneficial. It's led to questioning things that we probably still need to use fundamentally. But it could also be blamed for flat Earth, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, but every one of them have their flaws. So I think that's what that's what's really cool about philosophy is it challenges you about a certain topic and uses a, a perspective that says, "Hey, maybe that's wrong, or maybe this is how it works," and then you're able to wait like a hundred years and find out somebody challenged that guy and he was wrong. That's the heart of skepticism, and, and we wouldn't be atheists. We wouldn't be. Uh, skeptics, we wouldn't be humanists. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't have all the benefits of science without it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, it's not that they were wrong; they just hadn't thought about all the possible nuance that could that you can bring out of it. Exactly. Yeah, a new 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 situation is brought on often by evolving technology, evolving mm -hmm. situations that they didn't have at the time. Right. Okay, let's pause. Uh, 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> Forget the pause. Never mind. That was great. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> I always love coming on this podcast. Oh, boy. I miss this. I'm so glad you guys are back. Seriously, man. Oh, well, you know. Seriously, you need to be doing this. I know. I know you. You took a hit, brother. You oh, took a couple hits all at the same time. A lot. You of went hits. through fucking shit, man. Yeah, and I, 2020 I was a and really, really glad. Hey. Back on the fucking train, brother. Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> 2020 was not a bad year. It, it was a horrible year. It started really bad. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Well, 2019, I There were Christmas decorations that were literal uh, dumpsters with 2020 written on it that had yeah, fire I know, coming I out them. and hang on your tree. <laughs> Personally, it wasn't a horrible year. You <laughs> well, had some bad things happen. Did, did I come off douchey, like, trying to, like, act like uh, I, always. I'm, like, a philosophy professor or something? I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 deontology. <laughs> No, no, not at all. A little douchey. No, not at all. No, 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 no you're good. We dude. love you, dude. We love yeah. you. Perfect. I just, you know, I like. I want to give you the thing that you want. Like, you want to do a philosophy episode, so I want to like have stuff. But at the same time, it's like, shit, I don't know either, man. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, this is exactly this is exactly uh, the point. So we can talk about this That said, Kant. Kant. Kant said this. What did you call me? I have yeah. to explain philosophy to these peasants now. <laughs> yeah. Now we can't get monetized by YouTube. This is great. <laughs> I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. Thank you to the team at LATV 2.0. I recently became a patron. I recommend you do the same. Thank you to Dave Blair at DaveBlairMusic.com. Thank you to Feedspot.com for promoting the right to reason to the top 10 atheist podcast. Thank you to our patrons, Jason Parker, Freethinker215, Alan Marks, Philip Spawn, Bernard Lamborell, Anima Man, Larry Wilson, and our top supporter, Rob Montgomery. You can support this broadcast at Patreon.com forward slash right and learn more at the right to reason.com. Next week, we're talking about ghosts. Rich Proceda believes in them and claims to have seen them. Nuclear physicist and skeptic Dr. Ben Davis will rebut that they don't exist. Between now and then, remember that you have the right to reason. But I'm not going to take this anymore!